Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and every week we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we spend time with Clinton Mosley. He teaches at Maple Elementary School in Fullerton, California. Welcome, everybody. Hey. 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 <laughs> so uh, this is called the Teacher Interview Podcast, and our goal is to spend time with teachers, ask them what they think about risk-taking and trying new things, innovation, to help me personally get a better sense of what drives our teachers and um, what we can learn from the commonalities and some of the unique things. So we're cool. glad you're here. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Okay. Yeah. So the way we've structured the interview in the past is I've reached out to the person being interviewed, so you, and I asked, give me three people that I can talk to ahead of time that might give me some information that will help me do a good job in the interview. Mm -hmm. So I, I got in contact with two of them. Okay. So I'm going to read you some quotes. Quotes? Yeah. So I'm going to feed you back some things they told me about you. Okay. And then um, we're kind of use that as like a place to start. Sounds okay. good. Okay. Um, but before that, maybe just share with us like how long you've been in teaching and where you got started and kind of why teaching. Sure. Um, so this is my ninth year of teaching. Um, I got into teaching because of <laughs> uh, a funny mistake. I was driving without insurance and then got a $1,500 ticket when I was 18. What? And yeah, it was crazy. So I had like 330 hours of community service. It was no joke at a senior center. Yeah. Of all the ways to get teaching, it's a pretty epic story. I won't lie. So I'm doing my 330 hours of community service and they have an after school program. Okay. And so they had uh, first through third graders who'd come to the senior center. Okay. And I ended up spending time with them. They would read to me. I'd end up doing setting up a game time for them to go out and like do a recess type thing. And I look forward every day to seeing those kids and building a relationship with those kids. And I, that one moment, that one moment was enough to make me go, man, it'd be cool to be a teaching, to be a teacher or do something like that in that realm. Um, but then I was like, man, I'm not going back to school because school is crazy and it's hard and I didn't do well in it and it's very intimidating. School wasn't your thing. Yeah, no, it was not my thing. And that's simply because it was never a place where uh, I had specific talents and interests. And sometimes those things don't, you don't really get an opportunity to do those things in school like music and drama. Um, I mean, those were my things. I loved doing those things. And a lot of it was writing and doing math, and I'm not good at doing math, and my home life wasn't, there wasn't a lot of support there, so it was very challenging. But long story short, that one experience kind of stuck with me. And as I went through college and uh, finished up, it was always a nagging thought. And Just I, from that one experience? Yeah, man, I won't lie. It was. And I was so intimidated to go back to school that I just I said no until... You know, life kind of hit me and I'm like, I have another opportunity to try this. And it was a huge, huge risk. Yeah. And I took it and one door after another started opening and 
my biggest fear of going back to school, I went and did it. And I was the hardest thing, I won't lie. It was the hardest thing. Well, I graduated from Hope International University, Pacific Christian College, but then went to Cal State Teach to get my credentialing program. And I won't even lie, they were like, brought me in and said, I don't know if you can make it. Your GPA is kind of on the low end. And I'm like, well, I'm willing to work. I want to work really hard. I totally want to do this. You know, and they gave me a shot. They put me on probation. And one thing after another, uh, after another, one test after another, and before you know it, I got here. And then... I got into doing observation, I loved it, connected with the kids, connected with the teacher, did my student teaching, loved it, I mean, and then I got my first job as a teacher, and I was all nervous, freaking out, but the moment, the very first day, I'll never forget, walked into the classroom, stood there in front of the kids, and all of my nervousness went away. Mm. It's like, wow, all of that work, and this is where I'm meant to be. And then from there, like, Went from where I'm here now, like yeah. just living the dream, really. Living the dream. Living the dream. So, yeah. so some of the things you mentioned in that um, like brief story about how you got started came up in these uh, pre-interview questions. So like energy and um, a performance, actually. Um, so, but before we get into that, let's rewind and go back to, I think what you said is, like the math and that part of school wasn't your thing, but the drama part was? Yeah. So, so tell me about, like, what did that look sure, like? Sure. Well, I had um, an amazing choir teacher, and he would put on, his name was Mr. Nelson. That man is responsible for all of my talent. Seriously. <laughs> because of him and giving me the opportunity to perform, I did several plays with him. I was the only like second grader that got to go up and be a part. Grader. Yeah, I only had like upper grades, so fourth, fifth, and sixth, but because uh-huh. I could sing, had a lot of energy, even at second grade, <laughs> I had a lot of energy. Uh, he just harnessed that. Yeah, and I, yeah a it was specific amazing. example of like one year we did this. Okay, like, yeah. so one year we did Peter Pan. Okay. And that's what we did. Okay. Well, actually, yeah, we did Peter Pan, but... How he selected me was he would come to the different classrooms, kindergarten all the way up to sixth grade, and he would have you sing, and he would sing songs. You learn songs, right? Yeah, yeah. It was my favorite. It's like all the arts that we have here at Fullerton. Yeah. He was our all the arts, but it was just music. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And I look forward to every single Tuesday he would show up, and I'd be ready to sing. I'd be the first row. I'm not the first row guy. I'm the back row guy. But when he came up, I was in the first row, and I would sing. I love. I just loved it. And... From there, he just scooped me up and said, you'd be amazing to go be a part of the choir. Wow. Let's do Peter Pan. Yeah. And I, dude, I was, uh, and not only that, he, um, what is the character that is the smallest kid in Peter Pan? I forget his name. Wendy Dorothy. No, no, not Dorothy. Wendy, uh, Wendy is the little, it's a little guy. He's the littlest one. Gosh. Forget his name. Anyway, I was we'll my, look, that, look I, it up. I still have the, by the way, I have the videotape of me. What? Oh yeah, singing. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, it was epic. <laughs> Me, my curly hair, my nappy head. It was awesome. <laughs> but no, so that was, you You yeah. mentioned, you said the question, what was that moment? What took you back? It was that. I was hooked. After that yeah. experience, school was that for me. It was those mm-hmm. moments with Mr. Nelson where I really got to feel I'm really good. And what's and, interesting is so like, yeah. it sounds like it wasn't like I had one teacher one year, but over mm, multiple yes. years, multiple it was years. a consistent. Yep. So yeah, that's that's amazing. Nelson. What a great experience that is yeah. to have. You know, like I have this to look forward to for multiple Absolutely. years. Wow, that's yeah. great. So, and there were other things that I looked forward to, other teachers that made it fun and did special things. But hands down, it was the opportunity to learn music and do music yeah, yeah. and perform. 
that was because that was that's my yeah. It's how I've been wired. It's how that's cool. That's me. So let me uh, let me read uh, a bit of. I think this is Amy Chung. Mm. So she's a uh, oh, she's a rock star colleague of yours. Yeah, at Maple fifth grade Elementary. teacher at Maple. Yeah. She's, okay, so she's awesome. um, so I I one of the questions I asked is is if you had to pick a moment where Clinton was being Clinton, like a, okay. a like a just archetypal Clinton moment, what would it be? So this is what she wrote. She <laughs> okay. said, if I had to narrow it down to one moment that stands out, it would be the moment when Clinton merged character counts hmm. and the PBIS committee to create an impactful student pep rally promoting respectful behavior. And she writes more, but do you remember oh, that? Oh man, that, so, those were my glory days. <laughs> because glory it was, days. You know, and the reason why I say it's glory days is because you know, as a teacher, there are times where you just get into the zone and you have years where all the creative juices just come together, the stars align, and you just make magic. Like it's literally magic mm. happening through your plans. And Character Counts and PBIS was one of those moments where we were trying to get students to really see in a tangible way how my character, what I do, and the rules that I'm supposed to follow through PBIS, positive behavior you know, support, and my character, how that all fits. Hmm. So what I did is I got the student council involved and I created these skits, these videos that I would, would videotape. And there were little, these little videotaped episodes and um, I remember that year where they, I mean, it was awesome. You had kids that were my care, my conscience. So one of the student council kids was like my conscience since he was a fourth grade student. And so I, I uh, recorded his audio talking to Alec, who was a sixth grade student of what is right mm. and what is wrong. Yeah. And so I had several episodes mm. and they were themed for kindness, respect, and all these different types of- So as uh, kids were watching it, it's like yeah. they're watching a think aloud yes. of people, like students making right or wrong decisions. Right, and it was really, there was a lot of funny moments. And, they, and so what I would do is the primary kids and the upper grade kids had an assembly um, to celebrate the students that were demonstrating great character, right? Yeah. So they would look forward to this video at the very, very end of, you know, what are they gonna do this time? And one of them was a respect video, like R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yeah, yeah. So it would just, they would break out in song, like that was one of the things, and I choreographed what you would do for, you know, uh, for respect. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like they, the student council kids, you know, they're in class, and one of the students is not being respectful. They just break out in song to encourage the kid to be respectful. And R E S P E C T. It was it was just amazing. Kids were laughing, having a great time. Then we would talk about it afterwards, oh, and cool. it would just generate a sense of excitement. And that's the whole purpose. That's mm. why I love doing it so much because the school, the whole school, look forward to that. And these kids, the, the uh, student council kids, became literal, literal uh, celebrities. All right, they, so, so do amazing. this for me. So, so that, that. Yeah. she did tell the respect story. Oh, cool, oh so really? That's, that's interesting that you, you shared that too. Yeah. Um, but tell me, let's turn the corner from, so what you did was new, mm. so it was innovative. Nobody had done those series of videos or mm. incorporated song in that way, so it was new. So other people, could have not got it or not come along with it, but you said the whole point was, I think you said the excitement of yes. it. So tell me it. like, what's the role of excitement or novelty maybe or enthusiasm with like teaching or like, mm. or how's the role, 
how does excitement or that kind of emotional charge related to trying something new in the classroom, right. which a lot of people would say is risky and right. if there's fear associated. Yeah. So why why do you say it's all about the excitement you generate? What does that have to do with trying something new? That's interesting. That's an interesting question because the word excitement, um, I believe that there's a foundation that every teacher kind of has, and it's a springboard for all the things that they do within their classroom. For me, one of my foundational pieces is generating a sense of what's called synergy within the classroom. That what the teacher is giving out and then what the students give back to the teacher, it's just like this loop that feeds the positivity and feeds this excited mm. kind of energy. And when that happens in the classroom, it's not just about content. It's not just about what you're teaching. Mm it becomes an experience. Mm. It becomes um, just this amazing, fun, alive, organic, energetic experience mm -hmm. that the student and teacher get to journey through together. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, I don't really know how to explain it other than it is a life-changing moment yeah. that is created. Yeah. And so that is what I strive to bring into my classroom yeah. is more of those moments. And it's hard because, you know, I, a lot of people will say, and they're probably going to say it as you read it, the, you know, what they said, <laughs> that I have a lot of energy. And that's true. I do. And I give a lot of energy because I feel like it takes a lot of energy to mm. bring that out mm. in students. It's kind of like fuel. You're yes. putting fuel to it. That's right. You're like we can't build a fire with no fuel. That's I'm right. the teacher. I'm going to supply the fuel. I love that. That's that, interesting. That is exactly. So that is a foundational piece, that excitement. That's what I strive to bring into the classroom because it, you can boil it down to word. It's fun. It's yeah. just fun. Yeah. You know? All right. So yeah. now yeah. that you set the table for like when it all goes well, you bring the energy, they reciprocate, and it's the synergy. Mm. So what happens when you're pumping it out, dishing it out, and you're like, I, I can tell that they're not going where I want them to go. They're not yeah. catching it. They're not, like, they're scared or they're nervous or they're bored. So how, how do you deal with those moments? And can you, like, if you have a specific, that'd be great. Almost like a failure. And what did you do when you saw they weren't going to? respond the way you thought you know i think and it's it's kind of the it is just the wall that we hit as teachers we can't always teach the thing that we're passionate about yeah because that's not how we're measured by the state sure i mean we just got to be realistic and practical you know when our higher ups they're getting money from the state and there are set of criteria and things we got to follow. Yeah, so certain standards you have right, to cover. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is our job. That's what we are held accountable to. It's what we're measured by. Yeah. And so there are times, there are moments within, you know, teaching to those standards, the things that they need to know, there's times where they've just got to put in work. I mean, there's no getting around <laughs> putting in work. Yeah. And that's a life skill. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's how we got to roll. Even as teachers, there's things that we don't want to do. Yeah. But... We gotta, we've got to persevere, we gotta show that yeah. grit, we gotta make it happen. So, to give you a specific yeah. context, context, you got, sometimes kids don't like to write. A lot of times kids don't like to write. It's hard, <laughs> yeah. especially if the teacher is not super passionate about writing. Now, here's the thing, if we were 
making raps about math content that we were doing, well, I'm excited about that because that's my go-to. Yeah. But if I'm not making raps or using music and I've really got to get down to the nitty gritty of what you need to know, yeah. it's hard to make, you know, conjunctions <laughs> exciting. It's hard, it's hard to yeah, make you. some of that yeah. exciting. And so that's when you start hitting what I call a wall. Okay. You start running into that wall of, okay, I'm not real sure how I can make this as exciting. Are you talking about that. before you get into the lesson, you're, you have this Oh, sense. I'm talking about in the lesson. So in the and lesson, you. you're like, hey, we're all going to write sentences with conjunctions, and you just see shutdown. Yeah. Or, or I'll give you a better example. I mean, writing is an example because that's a tough thing to sure. teach, tough to get excited about. But let, let's say, all right, what, what are we doing right now? Okay. One of the things we were working on is, uh, so we're doing uh, decimals, converting fractions into decimals right now, okay. okay? And I try very, very hard to make things interesting. And, you know, I won't lie, we had some moments where some kids, I was explaining like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. You know, you got the tenths place. It's all about place values, where you put things, right? Yeah. And you're getting that look. Every teacher knows that look <laughs> you're talking about where they're not getting it. Yeah. Or because they're not getting it, they decide to play with things in their desk. <laughs> they decide to look outside and think about what am I doing? Yeah. You got the note passers. Oh, don't lie. Everybody knows who's <laughs> listening to this podcast knows they got the note passers, right? Yeah. And so, you know, what happens? You got those kids that are just not there. And yeah. it could be for whatever reason. Something happened at home. Something happened at recess. They're yeah. just not in it to win it. Yeah. And so you're battling them not being engaged. Yeah. And I won't lie, man. I'm super. Guys, we're going to rock decimals. Are you ready? Yeah. And then you hear <laughs> They're cricket. They're like, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to do decimals right now. Yeah. And that's what I call hitting a wall. There are times yeah. where you just hit a wall. And So what are your go-tos to try to figure out the best way through that or out of that? or So, and I won't lie, and that's where I think every teacher needs to discover you know, there are some things you just need to get better at. Hmm. It doesn't matter that you bring all this energy. Sometimes that energy is not enough. Hmm. It's not enough to cut through whatever's going on in that student's life at that moment. And so that is another <laughs> topic. And that's even a better question is, okay, is what I'm doing with decimals more important than the opportunity to pull that student aside afterwards knowing that they're not there, they're not hmm. in it to win it, and I need to actually go relational right hmm. now. Because sometimes... I won't lie, where I teach, we have a lot, we have a high volume of students that are coming from places that are very, very difficult for them. And so mm -hmm. they're just not in that space to be ready. And so I've got to get relational. Yeah. And so you, you say the question, like, how do you get to a place where, hey, you can get them ready to learn? Well, sometimes what is it that I want them to learn? Mm -hmm. Do I want them to learn about relationship and character and that, hey, you're not alone? Mm-hmm. Or do I want you to yeah. learn about decimals? Yeah. And so there's a judgment call sometimes I got to make. But then again, I'm still a teacher and I've got to manage behavior and I've got to teach character and I got to mm -hmm. teach, even though you've got these dark, crazy things that are happening outside this classroom, yeah. you still have a job of shaping your own f future in, inside this classroom with your own two hands. And right, decimals right. right now is the way to do that. <laughs> and that's hard to get them into that place. Yeah. So, I mean... What we're talking about is a layer. That's an onion. I mean, that's a yeah. very deep, you got to diagnose a lot of problems in order to get to, how do I get this kid to learn at this point? Yeah. And there's a lot of other variables that you've got to sift through to pinpoint 
how to get them yeah. where they need them to be. So, yeah, so if we're talking strictly about engagement and making things exciting for kids, and if that was the only issue, then what I do afterwards, and I go, guys, you know what, man? I probably teach, the, teach that like garbage last time, didn't I? I probably did. Some of you were like looking at me like, uh, then you had to get a napkin and wipe off the drool because you just weren't there, right? So here's what. Check it out. I got a story for you. In some ways, that's what I try to do is relate it to something that they know. Talk mm-hmm. about a bag of Takis or, you know, if mm-hmm. you go into the store, you're going to buy some Takis, you got only change. Well, guess what? Did you know that your change is decimals? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's start talking about that. And now yeah. I'm engaging it to something that they know and that they care about. Yeah. And I won't lie. It's a challenge. You got to think a lot of outside the box. And that's kind of where uh, a lot of people kind of look at me as perhaps an out of the box thinker is. I try to put those into practice in my own life, not just in teaching, but yeah. approaching things in a different way and thinking about things in a different way, yeah. which lends itself well when you've got a lot of kids that don't learn all the same. So, but yeah, I do, true. but that, that energy, <clears throat> that excitement is definitely, I try to bring first. Yeah. So. Well, it's interesting, like you named or at least implied two different ways uh, where you work on that relational level. And like one is, is when you say to the student, like you pull them aside and you, you might say, hey, like what you do in this classroom, we can't control what happens outside. And I'm imagining you might have actually said this to students, but inside I need you to do focus on decimals because that's how you shape your future yeah. is like show that grit. So that implies that you're almost asking them like, do it for me. Like I care about this path right here, I'm your teacher right now, I've already poured out my heart and soul, you know I care about you, push through this direction. So that's one relational thing that I heard you say. And the other one is like, when you say, okay, yeah, I might have taught a boring lesson, like you might drooled on the desk, (laughs) like you're really like kind of lowering yourself to say like, I'm not perfect, you know, I. I'm just trying to teach and like there's many different ways to do it and many different ways to receive it and I'm not up here above you. Let's talk about like and then you bring in a story. Yeah. You know, so right. just even just saying I'm not perfect for students is like that that might be a rare experience in all their years in education. You know, it's interesting you say that because it made me think of a word. It's about being real. Mm. Like I'm being genuine and transparent and I'm being real with you. You know, um, I want you to do these things. And yes, you may do them for me because that's true. My students work very, very hard and we have a very close relationship because we are a family. That's how that's how we roll in room 29. But yeah, I am very real Hmm. with the students and transparent in that you may not see that this is important right now. Right. But I've been where you're where you have been. And I can tell you firsthand that I see the future Hmm. and I know that the work that you do now is definitely shaping what you're going to do or could do mm. in the future. So I try to be very real and transparent. And they, they sense that. Most people do. When you're re- real with people and genuine, yeah. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Anybody will tell you, man. My, my principal will tell you too. Like, yeah, I wear my heart <laughs> on my sleeve. And How's it going, Clint? Yeah, oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> and, and anybody who knows me, that I've just when I'm really excited yeah. about stuff, I mean, it's really hard to I can't hide. Yeah. I really, when I'm angry or upset, which very rarely happens, I, my staff at Maple, they know. They go, oh, yeah. oh Mosley, you okay? I'm good. 
<laughs> you know? I mean, that's a good good transition right there too. We've talked about how you you know take risk and like build that synergy in the classroom by pouring out that like energy and enthusiasm. Mm. So that's one that's one uh, one way you do that is with students. So then, how do you have that realness or that transparency with staff when? Like in all likelihood, you you want teachers to be risk takers and you want them to go in the innovative direction. Yeah. You want them to like sacrifice things for their students. And and they may or may not be they may not be as ready or as equipped to go that direction. So right. how do you be real with teachers but know that like, they're not hey, in that space yet? Yeah, they're like how do ready. you encourage yeah, them sure. to move forward without yeah, how would, how do you how do you relate to them in that way? You know, it's interesting is you said you just said it encouraging, hmm. and that's really it. It's all about encouragement. I mean, every single teacher has a choice to do what they're going to do and what they want to do. It's their choice. It is their classroom, hmm. you know. But here's the thing: if if your classrooms and I would I ask I ask this question all the time of myself: if your classroom could be more organized. If your classroom could be more alive, more organic, mm. if your classroom could be more than what it is now, and you had the ability to make that happen, and you knew somebody or something that would help you make that happen, wouldn't you want to do it? Mm. Because I know the answer to that question for myself. Yeah. It's a resounding yes, absolutely. Mm. In fact, I know my weaknesses and there are teachers in our Fullerton School District where I'm like, dude, you are a rock star in this mm. and I humble myself before you right now <laughs> <laughs> and I want to learn from you. In mm. fact, my principal right now, I mean, that's like, he is really, really good at Readers and Writers Workshop and I am humbling myself to learn and be teachable mm. and to be encouraged and that's it, to be encouraged mm. to make it better. And I think quite often we miss that. We miss that word encouragement. Yeah. And that's my whole MO. Yeah. When I go to teachers and those that have worked with me, they would say, absolutely. Mosley, he has definitely encouraged me. He makes me smile. Yeah. He's sat down with me. He's taken his own time. You know, uh, he's called me up. He's, he's given me his number. And when I've had a question or needed something, he stepped up to try yeah. and help me. And really, my goal is so that you feel as a teacher the same things that I get to feel and experience in my own classroom. And why? Because it's fun. <laughs> it is so much yeah. fun when you get into that space where you and the kids and every teacher, I believe, has experienced some of that at some point. Yeah. And there's other things that in teaching kind of get uh, claw at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We kind of <laughs> miss that, especially yeah. if you, as you teach for a really long time, it's easy to forget, you know, those moments, but they've been there. Yeah. But that's the reason why we do what we do. And so that's my whole goal is to encourage teachers to go, you know, this is what it could be. Yeah. I experience moments of like this and I won't lie. I'm on cloud nine. I go home and I'm full of energy instead of having spent energy. Yeah. That's and I great. think that's a very powerful thing because if you go home that way, think about how your kids are going home, your yeah. students. Yeah. If you're going home pumped up. That's a good point. Then how are they feeling? Yeah. And you know what? 
Is that good teaching? <laughs> you know, like yeah. is, is that is that good teaching? And I would say, absolutely. And I I feel very strongly that I would, and I say this, you can you got it recorded, so you can play it back. <laughs> I would do practically anything to see all of our teachers at Fullerton School Districts experience that in their classrooms. Mm. I would give up whatever time I'd have to give up. Yeah. I would work with whoever I'd have to work with so that they could experience those moments because yeah. I feel that they're very powerful, not just for me as a teacher, because I'm not yeah. trying to clone myself, because you're going to be who you're going to be. Yeah. And that should be honored. You should yeah. honor your skills and talents. You don't have to be musical to be a rock star. You can be artistic. That you know, Amy Chung, she's very much the opposite of me, but she is a rock star visual person. Yeah. She can draw. Girl is amazing. Yeah. She could teach. Yeah. And but be you is my point. And you don't have to be me. But every teacher, no matter what your skill set, should be able to experience that synergy, yeah. that excitement. So it's almost like that yeah. moment where you, like back in the senior center and you're working with students, it's almost like that charge that you got out of working with those students, yeah. like that energy, like that, that thing that you want for other teachers, that's kind of what mm -hmm. hooked you. Yeah. Is like that first jolt, you're like, oh, this is something real happened, right. like a real transaction. Yep. Like they left excited, I left excited. Yep. That's what you want for every teacher. Yeah, and trying to find a way to make that happen, to see, you know, what programs, is it that a personalized program that, that will help bring that out? Is it, you know, another way, uh, another creative way that we're doing with the, uh, we do a lot of apps and technology. What are some ways that you can get excited? Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just yeah. straight up, I'm drawing and doing arts and crafts. I mean, look at what, you know, Golden Hill. Yeah. They're doing all kinds of art stuff as an yeah. art school. I mean, they got some amazing stuff that really doesn't have much to do with technology. It has a lot to do with just that creative yeah. arts, that creative side. And so I think that that's, that's, that is the principle. The yeah. principle is how do you do what you're passionate about in the classroom with my skill set and talents? Yeah. And my goal is how can I encourage you to make that happen? Yeah. We got, we got to wrap up. We have a couple minutes. Sure. But I did want to touch on the other interv uh, the other person I interviewed was your principal, mm -hmm. uh, Anthony Abney. And he, he wrote a whole, a whole paragraph, but I'm just going to take out a few words sure. and then read it to you. So this is kind of the end of a sentence. Clinton is able to get through to most of the students in a way that others can't. So I want you to think about that, like, uniqueness you bring, and uh, tell me what, like, what do you make of that? I mean, because that's kind of, you know, that's some powerful words, like... Oh, it is. If, yeah, give, what's your reaction? <laughs> well, first off, my first reaction is I'm very humbled and honored, because that's something that he wrote, because it's something that he saw. Hmm. And something that is kind of like a mantra at our school and even in my own life is that what you do matters. Mm -hmm. Not what you do. Yeah. Not what you say, but what you do. And so by him saying that, that is something that I, he has seen me do. Mm. And I won't lie, it's a very powerful skill that is in me. I mean, it's an innate God-given ability mm. that I have to be able to connect to people at that level yeah. and to see past some of the, those barriers and walls and get cut to the heart 
And I won't lie, I have story upon story upon story of how that has been played out, not only in my classroom, in other classrooms and school-wide, with staff, with, with other teachers within the district, just mm. being able to connect to people. And I know that even those that, have, are, that know me that are listening to this would agree and would, would be able to have in a tangible way that, yeah, he does cut through somehow some way to make my day brighter, yeah. to make me smile. Some people are like, man, he's just freaking loud, that guy. Like, <laughs> man, he's so loud. And there are a lot of teachers that would definitely agree with that. But my goal is that, you know, some way, somehow, I have cut through to some of yeah. the wall, walls that kind of hold you back and are yeah. making your day a little darker to cut through to that. And yeah. so, yeah, he's right. That is an absolutely powerful statement I do. Yeah. I very... And I'm blessed to be able to do yeah. that. It's, it's and I could attest that too. I mean, it doesn't matter what my day has been like. Like I might have a million thoughts. But if you come into the room and you like say hi, it's like like the sun has come out. Oh, man. Like, you know, you, you feel it. You can't, you can't just out. be like, yeah, Clinton was here and then he left and I'm not any different. Like you definitely feel like there's a brighter atmosphere cool. uh, around you. Well, that is it for our time. So I just want to say thank oh, you. Thank, thank you, you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you all. You all listen to me and, you know, <laughs> listen to this time. Like, yeah, I, I'm honored to be able to be here and share my thoughts. Thanks. So thank all you. Right, until next time. Cool. Take care, peeps. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.